Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 21. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Hi friends, it is so good to be with you again on a nearly sunny Sunday morning. And my hope is that all that I get to share in this moment from my home, whether it's live that you're hearing it in this moment or uh, in a different moment on demand, will bring some encouragement to you in your home. And we're gonna, in a few minutes time, just look at these verses that Becca has just read out from Ephesians 3, um, as they're gonna be the launch pad into this new series that we start today uh, called Living Prayer. Uh, but before we look at those verses, I just want to kind of do a quick intro in terms of this series as we want to look at this series, Living Prayer, as our desire is that we would, as a family of believers, or maybe you're someone who's just looking in saying, what does it really mean then to be a follower of Jesus? Is that for each of us, we discover more of what it means to live lives that are seeking to be shaped by prayer. Because as we live lives that are shaped by prayer it then becomes a life that we then get to reveal to others around us you see we're living in an unprecedented mo unprecedented moment where we discover that people are, are, are longing to understand how to pray uh, i don't know if you came across this uh, kind of research paper that was done in uh, copenhagen university where they have looked over the past couple of months of uh, google searches on the word prayer, um, just at the height of the pandemic that we've been living through. And, and in it, they discovered that in 95 countries, the word prayer was the highest searched word ever recorded in terms of that word prayer. It's something that a people are longing to understand more about, are longing to, to say there has to be something here. But also, we don't have to look into this nation. If you were to look a few weeks back in terms of the Guardian newspaper, it ran a headline is that one in four people at the moment in this country are turning to prayer. Therefore, in this moment, I believe we have an opportunity of modeling something of what it means to live with prayer at the center of our being and what it looks like to seek to pray. I also believe that this is a moment where God is calling us as his people to take more of a handle on prayer. Karl Barth details prayer like this. He says that to clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder of the world. 
See, I don't know what you think prayer is, but I think Karl Barth kind of calls us to see something quite magnificent of prayer. You see, he says that actually, as we see the disorder of the world around us, man, are we not living in that? As we see like the impact of COVID-19, as we see the impact of racial injustice, as we see the kind of level of uncertainty that countries, nations are living with at the moment, that we get to grasp our hands together and, and to step in the gap and say, God, would you come and break in? God, this world isn't as it's meant to be. Would you step into the disorder that we see? You see, prayer is this unbelievable privilege, a privilege that we get to communicate with God himself. That through it, we get to be invited into the intimacy of knowing God and being known by him, of dependency, of knowing that he has everything that we need, and also of partnering with God, of seeing him break in to the situations, uh, both in our lives and the lives of others around us, as well as situations that are beyond us. We get to partner with God in prayer of seeing break through and my hope as we go through this series is we're going to examine different uh, prayers that are prayed throughout scripture in order that it would strengthen us in our ability to pray that will become more and more shaped as those who are living lives that are about prayer that reveal what prayer is all about now before we continue i want to recommend a book to you and it's a book by Pete Grieg, and it's called How to Pray. Now, ordinarily, whenever we recommend something at Oasis, we, if we were in person, we'd say, well, if it's good enough to recommend, it's good enough to give, give away. Now, this is a unique moment. This, this is the first time we've recommended a book online where we're not in person. So is it therefore not good enough to give away? Well, of course it's good enough to give away. However, the giveaway looks slightly different. And what I'm going to do in a moment is count to three. And when I get to three, what I'd ask you to do is I have three copies of this to send to three different people. If you would like one, I want you to type in quickly, I want one. So one, two, three. There we go. Immediately, we've got them. We will therefore take the top three and we will email you out this or rather send you out this week. Uh, a copy of that book. Now, for those of you who've not got that one, my hope is that you'll get past it. It is an exceptionally good book and it will do us good. Um, if we can stop doing the I want one now, that would be brilliant. Um, but in terms of this moment now then, I want to look at these wonderful verses that Becca read from Ephesians 3 that Paul wrote, which spells this magnificent prayer that reveals the wonder of who God is. And then the invitation that then is offered to us. And in it, I want to look at it under a title. And the title is this, that I believe it's a prayer of contemplation. And I think that's a great place to start in terms of prayer. See, often we think prayer is just coming with our shopping list. And yet actually, no, the starting point of prayer is one where we come to contemplate, to be invited into the depth and wonder of who God is. And what we discover is we get to understand more of who God is. It then shapes more of who we are. And then I believe as we see that, it will then shape more of how we see we're to pray. And so as we look at this prayer of contemplation, it's going to be about God. It's going to be about us. I'm going to learn loads about how we pray. So then what do we see through this passage that Paul details? Well, I'd say that there's four things I want us to look at that I think Paul reveals in a prayer of contemplation. The first one is it's all about seeing. 
You see, Paul wants us to see the wonder of the God to whom we're coming to talk to, the God of whom we're coming to pray. See, if we're not careful, we can box God. We can start to limit who God is. And Paul doesn't want us to do that. Rather, he comes and says, look, you're not coming to an unknown or unknowable deity. Rather, we're coming to our Father. Like one who's longing to reveal himself. Maybe you're kind of wondering who God is. Well, God is one who longs to father you. Now, for many of us, we say, no, we're followers of Jesus and we understand God is our father. And yet sometimes we lose sight of that, that, that God is one we approach in the intimacy of relationship as children to a father, a father who's longing for us to know his love, his acceptance, his mercy, his kindness, and his goodness towards us. And so Paul says, like, the starting point is understanding that we come to our Father. But in it, we could then start to think, well, God as a Father is kind of like the best version of a Father I can imagine. But Paul doesn't want us to limit then God as a Father. As he then couples it and says, no, this God who you're to see as a Father is a God who created everything. He's one who has unlimited resources. Like, that's who we're to see. We're to contemplate and see the wonder of the one we come towards, who is our Father, who is the creator of everything, who has unlimited resources for you and for me. So we're to come contemplating who we see. Secondly, we're to come contemplating by receiving. Paul says, that we're to receive continuously afresh by the spirit that Jesus is coming to make his home in your heart and my heart. Like, that's amazing that Jesus is longing to make home in our heart. You see, that's like a place of familiarity, isn't it? God's coming to make us like some kind of prestigious building that is unsearchable and unknowable. No, no, it's like the familiar, it's the family, it's our home. See, Jesus is coming and longing to build home in our life. And that's what we get to receive through this prayer of contemplation is like coming and say, Jesus, would you come and continue to make your home in me? Because what that brings is confidence, a confidence that we're not alone. Jesus is with us by his spirit. It brings us comfort of understanding that this home that Jesus is creating in us is one is characterized by the life that he gives us. It's everything we've just looked at through living with uncertainty, which I'm sure you've printed out your sheets from that. If you haven't, go onto the website. You can find one of these to print out. But, but in it, we find that this home that Jesus is building within us is one that's characterized by peace and love and joy and rest and liberty and hope and just all the other stuff that's there. But it's there that he's coming to comfort us with this home. By this life is characterized by him. But it's not only confidence and comfort, it's also commitment that we get to receive daily the commitment that Jesus is going to keep building his home in us. He's not moving on, he's committed. So, this prayer of contemplation is about seeing, it's about receiving, it's also about knowing. That Paul says that we're invited into this venture of knowing the wonder of this God who is love. Not a God who can be loving. No, a God who in his very being is love. And so Paul says, like, we're to be those, therefore, that get to the adventure of mining, understanding, 
experiencing the wonder of God's love. And he, he kind of said like the, the whole full dimensions of it, the height, width, depth, breadth of his love that's there to be searched out, to be experienced. That it's something that, yes, we get to understand with our minds, but also get to experience with our beings. That God is wanting to reveal the wonder of who he is as a God of love. And as we get to experience that, as we get to know it, it then shapes everything about who we are and how we then relate to others. So this contemplation prayer is about seeing, it's about receiving, it's about knowing. And then I say, lastly, it's about living. See, Paul says that as we seek to live in this prayer, it then causes us to know a life in full, a fullness of life, not like an empty, half-measured life, no, a life that is completely saturated, full and satisfying. I came across this quote in the book that I've recommended by Pete Greig by a Franciscan priest called Brenning Manning. And in it, he says this, what if the hour you spend in the prayer room is when you refocus on Jesus so that you can carry his presence with you into the other 23 hours of the day with a heightened awareness that he is with you, he is for you, that he likes you, that he hears your thoughts. You see, please don't hear at this point in time like a condemnation or like, man, how am I going to do that? You're calling me to pray for an hour a day? No, no. I'm saying, what about if the minutes we spend each day contemplating who this God is as our Father, unlimited in resources, of receiving afresh of Jesus who's making his home in our lives, of knowing and experiencing more of the wonder of God's love. If those moments of seeing that then begin to permeate the rest of our life, that's what this kind of Franciscan priest is pushing us to. Like, isn't that an invitation? Isn't that exciting? Isn't that a way to live? Like, this isn't some shopping list. This is a way that we get to refocus our whole lives. That then causes in that moments we're spending in prayer to then permeate the rest of our life. You see, we're invited to be shaped by this living prayer. A prayer, prayer even, of contemplation. A prayer where we get to see God as our father with unlimited resource. A prayer where we get to receive afresh daily that Jesus is making his home in your heart, in my heart. A prayer where we get to know and experience more of this God of love. And a prayer that then goes with us throughout our day, shaping how we live. So will you join me this coming week? What about if we committed each day to just use this prayer in Ephesians 3, just to pray into, to contemplate in those four ways for 15 minutes each day. Would you join me this coming week to do that? Maybe in small groups this week, you want to just like look at this and just talk about more of what you've got from it, these, past, these verses and like how it's shaping your life more. I'd encourage you to be doing that. But for this moment, I just want to pray, would you be blessed? Would you see more of who God is? Would you receive more of who Jesus is making home in your heart? Would you know more of this God of love? And would your life be shaped more?